Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast here. And today I'm super excited to bring on Josh Young. He's a World Series champion infielder with your Texas Rangers. He's an American League all-star as a rookie. Josh and I go all the way back to when he was in eighth grade and his dad, who was a high school baseball coach, came home with my pride program and Josh started to watch those DVDs before bed on a consistent basis. He then undrafted out of high school, goes to Texas Tech, where he becomes a three-time All-American and a first-round draft pick in 2019. And this most recently, All-Star World Series champion. Josh, in this podcast, is going to break down the 2023 season. He's going to talk about being intentional, using a journal, keeping a success checklist, using habit share, and other mental game aspects that he uses to keep his mind sharp, to dominate the day, to win pitches, and to win a World Series. There's a lot that you can take here, whether you're a baseball player or a baseball coach or just an elite performer that wants to get the most out of every day. Let's join Josh Young, World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane here with the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast and couldn't be more excited for a welcome back guest, a World Series champion, a 2023 Major League Baseball All-Star. We're here with Josh Young of the Texas Rangers. Josh, congratulations on an amazing 2023 season, man. I mean, historic. You start in the All-Star game as a rookie. You win a World Series. What an awesome year, man. How would you describe the past year that was for you in baseball? <clears throat> Well, Cam, thanks for having me. But um, how would I describe it? <laughs> it was a roller coaster, man. Um, you know, a ride that you always want to be on, a ride that you're you're going to take every single time, especially if it's going to end that way. Um, but yeah, it was a dang roller coaster, that's for sure. You know, and and obviously learning a lot of lessons going through this, and the focus of this podcast, building off of the one that we did a couple of years ago is, you know, now that you've spent a full season in the major leagues and you can kind of look back and reflect on what you know now, having started an all-star game, having won a World Series, that maybe you would have told Josh Young when he first got drafted out of Texas Tech in the first round in 2019. Having now had parts of 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, five seasons of, as a professional baseball player, what do you know now about the mental game that you wish you could go back and tell Josh Young coming out of Texas Tech in the first round? For one, it all starts with sleep, literally. Get your sleep. Maximize the amount of sleep you can get. Um, and then from there, you backtrack nutrition, how important nutrition is going to be, and how important doing some type of recovery is every day. It doesn't matter what it is. Finding what you like, finding some variability in that, um, doing something to help your body because it is a long, long season. Um, but mentally, um, and you've helped me with this for the last, I don't know, however many years we've been doing this now. Um, it's setting your intentions every day. I think that's the biggest thing that you've taught me that I've learned that that this year probably meant the most to me was setting my intentions. And I think that's the biggest um, mental performance thing you can do every single day um, to, I guess, maximize how you're going to go about your day. Josh, when you talk about setting your intentions, unpack that for us a little bit. What exactly do you mean with setting your intentions? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the ballpark or waking up and, and journaling, doing something, writing stuff down, writing my thoughts down, doing, doing our intentional one word, the one thing we're going to focus on, um, our most important task or our most important thought. What, what is our most important little paraphrase thing, um, going into the day. And then from there, it's, it's what, what do I need to accomplish today? It's going to make today feel like a win. Um, and then the last one is my affirmations. 
um, how I how am I feeling about myself today, or how do I kick in those uh, those good beliefs going into the day? Hmm. You know, journaling is something that I think we really emphasized more this year, maybe than since we've you know met each other. I think was your sophomore year of Texas Tech, and we go back to you know you started getting into the mental game. I think when you were in eighth grade, your dad's a, a high school baseball coach in San Antonio. He comes home with my pride program from a Texas co coaches clinic, I think, and you've kind of been in it for a long time. Um, so we've we've you know known each other since what roughly 2016 and you've been doing this probably since about 2010 journaling was this something that you felt like really you took to another level in the 23 season yeah um especially when i was going through my injury there yeah. whenever that was august um moving forward it's just getting my thoughts down on paper um that's the biggest thing get get whatever's in my head out um good bad ugly and i can see it um the bad stuff i can kind of flush it uh, and the good stuff, I can just like keep it going and like I can see it throughout the day because there's how many times do you think of something and you're like, oh, that's a really good thought. Next thing you know, two hours later, you're like, dang, what was that thought? And it takes you however long to remember it. And you're just like, dang, but this but journaling just really helps me um, for one, slow down, um, be in a rush to do everything, but then come back to it throughout the day and see it and remind myself like, hey, this is what we're trying to accomplish today or hey, this is who you are. Um, throughout the day. Yeah. I love how you mentioned, you know, the mentality is really setting your intentions every day. And you talked about the one word focus, talk about how you use one word focus and maybe what your one word was for the 23 season. Oh, the one word focus is huge because it kind of drives in you and I guess every aspect of what you're going through and, and mine pretty much throughout the whole year was just discipline. How disciplined can I be to my process? How disciplined um, can I be doing my journal or doing my recovery, just every aspect of my life that I felt like I needed um, to do to perform at seven o'clock? Um, how disciplined can I be with every single thing? And it's it's not a perfect thing. I'm not perfect at it at all, um, especially when it comes to nutrition. We're, we're winning in the postseason and that butter cake looks amazing sitting across the table. Um, you know, stuff like that, that, that I can look back on and be like, man, that was great, but did it help me performance seven? Probably not. Um, so I had to learn the grace component going with it, but it is how disciplined can I be throughout the day in every little aspect um, that's going to help me perform. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Josh, you mentioned the the grace aspect of it. And I'd be curious to hear you talk about like the balance between grace and discipline, right? Because if you give yourself grace all the time, it's really easy to become complacent and lazy because right. I'm giving myself too much grace, but you got to give yourself some grace. Otherwise you're the constant hammer. and It's never good enough. I mean, I know that's something that personally I struggle with the balance of grace and discipline. How do you work that for yourself? Oh, it's an ebb and flow. <laughs> There's times where it is like um, you start going through it. Let's say you're struggling. That's the easiest time to give yourself grace with things because you're struggling. But the times that it's going good, it's like, no, I don't even, I don't need the, I don't need the the butter cake right now. I'm rolling. Mm. Uh, so it is, it is an ebb and flow because throughout the roller coaster, the peaks, the valleys, you're, you're just going to be in different, different places throughout the season. But for me, um, it's be as disciplined as possible and then pick maybe one day out of the week to have that butter cake or, or to let yourself have that, that cheat meal or something mm. because being disciplined all the time and not having something to kind of look forward to, I guess, uh, when it, at least for me, when it comes to nutrition, um, kind of gets kind of boring and bland, but that's how I kind of keep it interesting. Yeah. 
but you know, going back to your, the way you opened up this podcast about mentality and intention. I know one of the things that you're big on is your three keys to keep it simple at the plate, right? It's something we picked up from a Sean Casey video where he's talking on the MLB network about see the ball, be easy, hammer it. I know that's something that you've really gravitated to talk about how you use those three keys and what those would be for you. My three keys kind of when I step in the box, it's not really approach driven. It's nothing more than three things that I know are going to calm me down. And I find those three things on a daily basis. Um, when I get into the cage to do my early work, you know, I, I do my flips to kind of get into kind of get the body moving. But once I get off the little junior hack um, and I got some real shapes coming at me, I'm trying to find these three keys that are going to help me put out my a swing on every pitch. Um, it's not going to happen, but I call it kind of my self-talk. So when I'm stepping into the box, I'm just, I'm reiterating these three things to me every time I step into the box. And, and for me, it's, it's stay above it. Um, hold your line and swing down. Those are my three, my three keys. Um, and that's all, that's all movement based. That has nothing to do with anything else. And I feel like if I can master my move, then everything else will kind of take care of itself. Um, so when I stay, when I say stay above it, what does that mean? That means my posture. Um, I'm not going to break posture early. I'm going to try to stay tall um, in my posture as I start making my move, uh, as the pitch is coming. Uh, hold your line, meaning I don't want to rotate until the last possible second. Um, for me, if if my body starts cheating or or rotating too early, that's when my the whole thing kind of goes to wash. Um, ever since my shoulder surgery. I've had this like, I guess, deep seated within my brain, like, oh, I got to hit homers to left field. I got to hammer the baseball all the time. And so like going through this season, especially getting into the postseason, I finally was able to admit to myself, like, hey, you're you're trying to do way too much. You're trying to hit a five run homer when you you all you need is a single. Like, what is your job in this order? Your job's not to go up there and hit. 50 homers, especially when you're coming back from a thumb injury, what are you thinking is going to happen? Um, so what is my role? And and being honest with myself really helped me kind of dial in just, Hey, I just want to you know go up there and, and execute my plan. I'm not trying to do too much. Um, and really I got put in the eight hole in the playoffs um, as kind of like a, we, let me backtrack a little bit. We call these things pockets. Like there's different pockets, pockets, meaning like, uh, when a pitcher is coming out of the bullpen, they're going to look and be like, okay, this lefty's coming in is going to face these three guys because they're all in an order. Um, and our our lineup really wanted to like get rid of pockets. That way you couldn't just bring in one pitcher that was just going to dominate three hitters. Um, so they kind of lengthened our lineup like that. Plus, when I came back from my thumb, first couple games were great. But then after that, it was like, oh, crud, haven't played um, baseball in six weeks jumping right back into it. Uh, I got some live at bats and I did really well. Um, but, but these guys are going to make some adjustments pretty quickly. And I struggled that last probably seven, eight games of the regular season. So it was a great move. Put me down there. Um, and also put a little chip on my shoulder, like, Hey, go out there and prove where you belong in the lineup in a different spot, um, type of thing. But, um, kind of going back to it, um, where I was running with that was like the mentality that I had from my injury was like, I got to do damage. I have to go up there and try to really hit the baseball hard. And that's not 
been my game plan ever. And that's not what's made me successful. So it was kind of getting back to my roots and just understanding, like, I've never been the guy to go up there and hit 500 foot home runs to left field. So why am I trying to, why am I trying to do that? Um, so hold your lines, a big thing for me to just stay my line, staying through center field, staying parallel to the, the batter's box line as long as possible. And then when it's time to rotate, rotate through it and then swing down is just something to keep my swing short. That's a thought that I have that just keeps my hands tight to my body and I don't lose them out in space. And you would write down those three keys every day in your pregame journal just to reinforce those for yourself. Yeah, every single day. And sometimes you, you might need to change it depending on a pitch shape or, yeah. um, you know, you have some history off certain pitchers. Uh, you kind of know what they're going to do to you. Uh, we call it like a copycat league. Like if the, if if one team's having success doing something against you, the other team's going to do it until you beat it. Yeah. Um, and then they'll make adjustments off that. So this year, if you look at my stuff, you throw sliders down and away. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm probably going to swing out if it's a strike to a ball or if it's in the zone. And I mean, I, I saw it all year. Um, I'd make adjustments here and there, and then I'd fall right back into that trap. But um, you would just you would see it all the time. So when I'd go in and do my early work every single day, it was figure out what keys I needed today what my self-talk was going to be today. And then I would write it down and try to remember it as I'd go into my game planning stuff. And then when I step into the box, that's where you got to be able to make adjustments too. You go up there, your first at bat, these keys worked for you in the cage, but now the lights are on. You got a guy six feet, six inches away trying to get you out. Um, you have a catcher calling a, a game plan against you. How are you going to be successful? Um, that's where that self-talk can change pitch to pitch. You could walk in and it'd be perfect today, um, which happens every once in a while, maybe. Um, but most of the time you're going to have to go sit down and have that honest conversation with yourself, reflect. Um, for me, it's going back and looking at my game plan and telling myself, did I have a quality of bad or not based on my game plan? If I did great, let's continue it. If not, how do I get better? And then it's like, okay, flush. I gotta go play defense now. Yeah. You know, you talk about the quality at bat about evaluations post game. How important was it for you, Josh, to evaluate your at bats? On a quality at bat, how well I saw the baseball, how many, how deep in the count I took the at bat, the hard contact that I made versus just focusing on the outcome. Yeah, for me, I mean, in baseball in general, you're going to be successful. The greats of this game were successful 30% of the time. So three out of 10 at bats, they're going up there being successful. Now you might go up there and hit the ball hard seven out of 10 times, but usually on the law of averages, say three of them are going to fall. Um, and, and in this game, you can do everything right and get a hit, and you can do absolutely everything wrong and find a hole. Hmm. Um, so for me, it was when I say quality of bat, it is kind of going off and judging that last at bat on my approach for one. Did I execute what I was trying to accomplish in my approach? And two, I just want to hit, I want to hit the ball hard and let everything else take care of itself. Um, that's just something I focus on that helps me try not to do too much. Hmm. Um, I go up there. It's not about getting a hit because once you start chasing hits, that's when you start spiraling quicker. Mm. Uh, it's not about going up there and doing damage because once you think about doing damage, next thing you know, you're striking out. You're trying to you're over swinging. Just go up there, execute my plan, and just try to put the barrel on the ball and just sticking to your process and your plan. And I know one of the things that you'd also were doing pregame in that journal was writing down affirmations. Could you share any of those affirmations, or also just what you found the benefit of anchoring your mindset with writing those down was? Actually, listening to um. 
one of your uh, daily meditations, I started doing the affirmations. I have, I am, I give, and I love. Mm, the haggle, um, haggle statements, have, am, give, love, love it. I would go through and and I would just kind of write down um, kind of everything kind of going through it. So let me, I'll pull up game five of the World Series here and see oh. what I wrote down. That day. Uh, game five, I put, I have um, a chance to be Captain America on the field today, kind <laughs> of being uh, being one of my kind of heroes, quote unquote. Um, and then I said, I am JJ in November. It was November 1st. We were kind of running with, I am JJ in October. I'm going to yeah. dominate October. I'm yeah. um, kind of giving myself my own little nickname. I said, I give everything, everything in the, uh, everything in the task to execute my plan uh, and help the team win. And then I love World Series baseball. I don't mm -hmm. feel like there's anything like it right there. When those lights turn on, the crowd starts cheering or booing or whatever they do. Um, it's amazing. And then I kind of wrote one extra thing underneath all that. It said, execute your plan, control what you can control, and just be you. Mm, love that. And I know one of the things you also talked a lot about was like when you prepare your best, you are your best. Yep. Yeah. yeah. When I prepare my best, I am my best. That's going in. Um, I mean, that's the discipline aspect right there. Yeah. When I do everything I can within my power to be ready to play at seven o'clock, um, whether it's recovery, nutrition, sleep, um, give myself the best game plan I can, go into the cage and have intentional swings. Um, I mean, that's when I'm at my best, regardless of the results that game. That's when I'm giving myself the best chance for success. Hmm. You know, Josh, one of the things that that unfortunately you've had to deal with over the course of your career is dealing with some injury, right? And you've talked about the shoulder. And then this this year, you know, you start in an all-star game. You're a candidate to be American League Rookie of the Year. And then talk to us about the line drive. <laughs> oh, that line drive. Um, well, going back to that play, uh, it was first and second, nobody out. Uh, Jorge Soler at the plate. Um, I think we have like maybe a one or two run lead. They're kind of threatening here. I don't remember what inning was, fifth or sixth. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a three, one count. We throw a heater, try to go in off the plate. Um, does a great job and just hits it hard right at me out of the corner of my eye. I thought I saw the runner at second kind of break toward third for a second. And so I was like, Oh, I'm turning two here. So as I see the ball coming, probably the last, 10, 15 feet of flight, I kind of take my eyes off it. Like I'm going to catch it and turn it immediately. And I missed that last 10, 15 feet to see that movement. Cause it was kind of like a little bit of a slider coming at me. He hooked it down the line a little bit. Um, so I missed it. And so that little bit of an inaccuracy mm. caused me to get my thumb and sit in the pocket. Next mm. thing you know, I'm on the shelf for six weeks, having to have thumb surgery and get seven screws put in my thumb. So injuries, you know, you've got experience with them and they're things that, you know, we can look back and say, Hey, let's, let's, let's look at this as a temporary setback, right? Let's look at this as a, as a bend in the road, not the end of the road. And I think so many times when athletes get injured, there's, there's the, like the, 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 the mental stress that goes with that and the states that they go through. Talk about your experience with injuries and kind of what it, what that roller coaster has been like for you and then advice that you would give to people that are going through an injury themselves as an athlete. First thing I would say is anytime you're going through an injury, you're not alone at all. Uh, it can feel very isolated. It can feel very lonely when you're going through an injury, but you're not alone. You have people in your corner. Um, that's the biggest thing. Cause I mean, I spent, I mean, three years out of these last three years, I've had three surgeries. 
I've missed time for all of them. You know, I had my foot surgery in 21, missed three months. Labrum surgery last year, missed six six months and some change. And then this year with the thumb, I missed six weeks. Um, and that's all a ton of time. And in those moments, like, you have to be the best teammate you can. That's the biggest thing for me. When I came into the ballpark, when I set my intentions for the day, one of the biggest things was like, how can I impact the team today? I can impact by being a positive light and bring in the juice um, and doing everything I can to be a good teammate, whether that's sit down and playing cards with the team or, or whatever. Um, the time I have today, how can I best help serve the team? And, and truly it's that. And then doing my rehab, um, making sure I, I hit rehab as hard as I can. Um, going over the top because I just want to get back on the field because it sucks sitting there watching all your teammates or your buddies play and you're not you're not able to do anything um and again that can feel like an isolating place that can feel like um just a place where it's kind of dark and it's not fun but at the same time you can flip that mindset and be like no no I'm gonna I'm gonna be the best teammate I can today I'm gonna go I'm gonna cheer on my teammates I'm gonna do my visualization that way when it is my time it's not like I missed too many too many reps um and that's truly kind of how you get through those dark times. You lean into others and kind of get the focus off yourself and put it on something else. Um, that way you're not so wrapped up on all the negative stuff that comes with an injury. Yeah. You know, and your affirmations and your MITs and your one word focus and your three keys to keep it simple, they get adjusted when you're dealing with an injury. And then they get adjusted again when you come back, right? So you're kind of using that framework that you've outlined in the journal process to meet you where you're at. No different than now recording this in November after you guys had won the World Series about a month ago. You know, you're you're not even a month ago, three weeks ago. You are able to kind of use the same process in the off season. Yeah, it's all it's all geared towards what you're doing right now. Yeah, um, because being in the heat of battle, you know, going through the playoffs is not the same as sitting at home and. And having these next couple months to just relax, get my work in to get ready for 24. Um, you just you you just have different keys to each day. Like now I can really dial in nutrition. I can really dial in sleep. I can really dial into the goals I'm setting for myself for next year and how, how am I going to accomplish those? What do I need to do to take that next step in my game? What do I need to do to take the next step of just being a person in general? Uh, and then spring training comes around and you've got different keys for that too because – those are games, but they're still practice games getting prepared for the season yeah. um, and where you start getting into your routine, um, kind of tweaking things as you go. And then when I don't even know what opening day is like March 28th or something like that, you, it's it's kind of go time. But everything is is flexible. Everything is able to change depending on what you're going through Yeah, because uh, an injury is not the same as playing. Spring training is not the same as a regular season game. And a regular season game is definitely not the same as a postseason game. Um, so, yeah, it, your journal is just a template and you can manipulate it and change it any way you want to to be successful. Yeah, yeah I love how you said that. It's like we have a structure, but then there's able ability to be flexible and compensate and adjust within the structure, right? Like the structure gets us started. It's like we have a routine. What I do in the routine is going to adapt and adjust based off of the time of year. Am I healthy? Am I injured? Road game, home game, World Series, regular season, the things that I've got to do there. And one of the other tools that I know you're a big fan of that we've used to help with that organization and that system is the app habit share or the concept of a success checklist, knowing here's the things I do as a part of my daily routine. Could you talk about the difference, Josh, that having a success checklist has made for you just in terms of being more accountable to the execution and consistent with that? 
that's the biggest thing. Accountability um, is everything, truly. Um, having an ac accountability partner is something that can hold you accountable and you can reflect inwardly and be like, man, you know, I really need to step it up in this area or, man, I'm doing great, especially on those days where you go to the park and you're over four with four Ks. Maybe you make an error in the field and it's just not your day. And then you go home and and you realize, man, you know, I really, I really did kick today's butt. I just didn't perform to the best of my ability. And that's where you can make small adjustments in that area. But you go home and it's like, man, I made my bed. Um, I got, I got my eight hours of sleep. I got my green recovery on my whoop. Um, I did everything possible. I had a good workout. I had intentional hitting in the cage. Um, I, I was hydrated all day long, like just little things like that. It can just, it can boost your morale and be like, you know what? I, I really didn't do what I needed to do today. I just yeah. didn't get the results I wanted. Yeah. And cause we can't control the results in this game, right? You can do everything prepare preparation wise. You can do everything right at the plate in terms of pitch selection and being on time and execution of your mechanics and you hit the ball right at somebody, or you happen to be facing a guy who just literally throws like unhittable pitches that night in your sequence and tip your cap, don't lose confidence, learn from it, come back ready to go again tomorrow. Because even for a guy that was started in the all-star game as a rookie that won a world series, your season is still a roller coaster. There's still a lot of ups and downs, you know? And um, I think one of the things that, that helps us with those ups and downs, Josh, is creating a vision, creating a vision of something bigger than ourselves. And I know we spend a lot of time talking about vision boards as a goal setting exercise that says, this is what I want to accomplish. And, you know, on your vision board, you had the all-star game check. You had a world series check. We need to put on the vision board for next year. No surgeries. <laughs> right <laughs> but talk about the vision board in terms of just the importance of creating a, a clear goal for yourself albeit a very big goal yeah so i mean with your journal with some other stuff that we've been doing it's all the day-to-day -day process yeah. and you're stacking those blocks on top of each other and the vision board is like hey this is this is where i'm going this is the top of the scare the staircase for me this is what i'm trying to accomplish this season um, that's where the journal kind of breaks down the day to day and you build those blocks and you build those steps on top of each other. But the vision board for me, I set it, I put it in my locker and I can, right when I get to the field, anytime I go to my locker, it's right there in my face. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's my purpose. That's what I'm playing for. That's what I'm going for. You can put whatever you want on the vision board. I had Captain America on my vision board this year um, in the background, but it's, it's just that intentionality. Like, Oh, that's what I'm working for. I'm not going into today not knowing what I'm, what I'm trying to achieve. No, no, no. It's right there, right in front of me every single day. Yeah. Um, and then we talked earlier about, you know, making that your screensaver, which is, is just another way, like just having something that reminds you of your goals, um, you know, throughout the day is going to make everything more intentional. I feel like, um, and it's cool. Like at the end of the season, I could take that vision board down and I can put some checks on some things. And then let's say in 10 years from now, I got my 10 vision boards and I can go through and be like, yep, there's checks, there's X's, you know, how do we restructure and just keep going? Yeah. Well, someday that, that man cave that you're going to have is going to have a world series ring. It's going to have all-star game jerseys. And hopefully it's got 10 vision boards on there with some check marks on a lot of those things, because I think without a vision, our dreams perish and it's really hard to hit a target that you can't see. Right. And I don't know how many rookies started in the all-star game this year, you Corbin Carroll, maybe Gunnar Henderson, but not a lot. You did. And that that's, you know, that doesn't just happen by accident. You know what I mean? Like you've put a lot of work and into that. And, um, you know, obviously with the Rangers last question for you would be obviously, you know, you guys 
uh, are on the cusp of even making the postseason at the end of the year. You get in, I think, as the number six seed, if I got it right, and you go win a World Series. And watching that team and that culture and the energy that you guys had for each other, and then with the injuries that you had in the World Series, right, two of your, your biggest guys go down. Um, just talk about, like, the culture of the Texas Rangers and what that was like that you that, that you said, you know, this is kind of what helped us to be the best team that we could be to win a World Series. You know, truly, we had a remarkable season. Um, our first half was exceptional. We were injury-plagued the entire second half. But I think what really, you know, defined our culture was the legit last week of the season, which kind of sounds crazy. Um, so we're, we're going on the road. We got seven games left, three in Anaheim, uh, four in Seattle. We're three, I guess, technically four games away from winning the division. Um, we go in, we go into LA, win two out of three. So we're going into Seattle needing two out of four um, to win the division. And you could tell that every at bat, our butts were, were tight. We were tense. Um, the energy in the dugout was tight and tense. We were living and dying by every pitch. And if anyone has, has ever done that, that is exhausting. There are a lot of pitches in a major league baseball game. <laughs> um, and that takes a lot of effort out of you. It's like every pitch, we were taking a blow to the stomach. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. And that's what defined our culture right there. Because you know what? Last day of the season, probably the biggest gut punch of all, we lose one nothing to Seattle, Houston wins and takes the division crown from us, which we probably held 80% of the season. That's the biggest gut punch of all. Now we're literally like to fly from Seattle to Tampa, which I don't know if there's a further one in major league baseball um, to go play a really good Tampa team. who's done a lot of great things this year at their place. Um, being a low seed, we're going to be on the road and you just kind of look and it's an uphill battle. You got, you got to win a series against Tampa then you got to go to, you know, the best team in the AL in Baltimore. And then if you get through those two, you're probably going to have to go through Houston, which is what ended up happening. But when we got on that flight, we kind of got into our meetings um, in Tampa. It was literally like a, a switch flipped. And it was like, you know what? We're just going to be guys being dudes. We're going to come in here. We're going to play cards like we have all season long. We're going to enjoy each other's company. And when we get into that batter's box, we're just going to pass the baton to the next guy. We, we have a team, you know, approach that we're going to go into the game with. We're going to execute to the best of the ability um, individually, and we're just going to pass it to the next guy. And I think that's what we did the entire postseason, and that's what led to, you know, ultimately a World Series championship. But the crazy thing about the culture and all of that is, we're at game seven against Houston, biggest game of the year. And you look around our clubhouse, you couldn't even tell it was a regular season game to a playoff game, let alone game seven of the ALCS. We're sitting around playing cards, yelling, having fun, talking, talking crap to each other, just having a blast in the clubhouse. And, you know, you got media walking around doing all that stuff, but um, they're all like, man, what is going on? Y'all are so loose. And it's like, what do we got to lose, man? We're playing postseason baseball right now. It's all perspective driven, but it's also like, why would I make game seven of the world of the, the ALCS more than what it really is? It's game. It's one game against Houston. Winner prevails. Loser goes home. 
it's one game. It's 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 one series right now that we're playing. It's one game at a time. And why would we put more importance on this game than we did on a game in April or a game in spring training? You're coming in with an intentionality every single day, but why would I make this game so much more in my head to where now I'm going out there trying to do too much and and living and dying by every pitch? We've already done that in Seattle. We saw the result of it. So why would we try to do that now? Let's just go out there, have fun, and just pass the baton to the next guy. I don't have to be the hero. We're playing selfless baseball, and that's, you know, where we came out on top. Came out on top, a World Series champion, 2023 Texas Rangers, Josh Young, all-star as a rookie, got snubbed, should have been getting votes for American League Rookie of the Year. So we'll stack that chip and take that moving forward. But Josh, man, thank you for joining us for a second time here on the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast, talking about being more intentional, journaling, slowing down, one-word focus, being disciplined, your three keys to keep it simple, use of a success checklist and habit share, your vision board, how you would use haggle statements, I have, I am, I give, I love, identifying your MIT and talking about kind of advice to come back from injury, but also advice on how to create a great culture that would win a World Series. You talked about sleep, nutrition, recovery. There's a ton here to unpack. If anybody wants to continue to engage and learn from Josh, he's active on his Instagram. It's Josh under six young. That's Josh under six J-U-N-G. We'll link to it in the show notes. Josh, thank you for taking time to join us here today, man. Can't can't uh, tell you how proud of you I am and seeing your growth and your career and the adversity that you over overcome and what you've had to endure to pull off what you did in 2023, man. Special and very happy for you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Kenny. I hope you enjoyed that podcast with Josh Young. Please make a comment below with what your biggest takeaway was. Hit that like button and smash that subscribe button so that you can be aware when we come out with more podcasts talking about mental performance mastery and how you can dominate the day.